When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Dalton sets and throws. Intercepted. Picked off by Kendricks. Eric Kendricks looking for the angle. Dives to the end zone. Touchdown. Pam in front of Murray. Keenum fading. Throws. Touchdown. I know a division champion isn't uh, the final goal, but uh, you know it's important to be able to go out and win 11 games, uh, win your division, get a chance to get in the playoffs, and then uh, go from there. So well, I think it is big. I think it is a big, big deal. Yeah, division champions for the is it the second time in three years? Second now? time in three yeah. years, 15 and 17. Yeah. Yeah, they won it uh, at TCF Bank Stadium when they were playing the outdoor playoff mm-hmm. game against uh, the Seahawks. So the question, uh, Kevin Seifert was very emphatic at around, I don't know, 940 or so. He said there is no comparison. The, the 2017 Vikings are definitively better than the 9 team that had a chance for the Super Bowl and then 12 men in the huddle and all the BS that went with the end of that game. Uh, they should have beat the Saints. Who knows if they would have beat the, the Colts, just like who knows if the Vikings in 98 would have beat the Broncos. But to your point, when your team is based mostly the success, mostly defensively. It makes you feel better. Yep. Because uh, great, it's kind of like great pitching shuts down great hitting in baseball. Not every time, but more often than not. And great defense shuts down great offense. More often than not, Seahawks-Broncos from a few years ago when Peyton Manning broke the touchdown record and then couldn't throw a pass against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I can spend two weeks before a game scheming to stop your offense, and I can probably do it. There's a good chance I can. I can spend two weeks trying to f- figure out how my offense can beat your defense, and there's a good chance I can't do it. The scheming thing be- becomes huge because coordinators will sit there and and figure out how to shut down offenses, and they and they can be successful. Figuring out how to beat the Vikings defense, it's not going to be easy. Well, you know, put it this way: I want to say the three greatest offenses, and let you know what, let's put the Falcons from last year kind of in the same mix. But the 98 Vikings, the 01 Rams, which broke the Vikings scoring record, if I'm not mistaken. They did at the time. And then the 2007 Patriots. Who broke that record. They all got punched in the mouth by yep. a by a pass rush and a defense, whether it was in the conference championship game yep. or the Super Bowl. So, yeah, the flashy, the, the, the nature of the Vikings playoff runs in our, you know, the last 20 years or so has been flashy offense. And then all of a sudden you, you roll in 41 donuts. Sorry, Giants have a defense. 
Uh, you roll in, and you know what? The Falcons can actually get after the quarterback a little in '98. Mm-hmm. And '09, it wasn't so much this. It wasn't so much that the Saints put up a great defensive effort. The Vikings no, fumbled like five just, times. They just fell but, apart. But the they beat up Brett Favre, and they panicked him late in the game, and he threw an interception. And then the Giants, you know, twice against the Patriots, especially the 07 And keep team. in mind, if if they hadn't beaten Favre up <laughs> on the play where he threw the pick uh, towards towards uh, Rice, he could have easily run. He didn't run because he couldn't run. Yeah. So, so this that is, goes to that. This is the right side of the fence to be on yes. when you're putting together a Super Bowl blueprint. The Vikings are on the right side of the fence. Of course, there's a lot of things to get through. Even if you get through the NFC, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, they're well, sitting over there waiting for And him. if the kicker could quit doinking the ball off the upright, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Let's just let's kick it right through. Uh six five one six four six eight two five five. Kurt, you're on the show. What's up, man? Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. I'm gonna kinda give you the biggest kind of rube, um unscientific, unstatistical analysis of this, and it's you've kind of stole my thunder with your last comments. Yes, better than the ninety eight team, two thousand, twenty eleven. And it is because of the defense. You know, I went into, I went to yesterday's game, and it just seems like because of the defense. I, was, I said to my friend, you know, I think we're going to see Bridgewater today, and it just we just crushed those guys. And I I don't know if there's a statistic for this, but we seem to be pretty rough and tough on defense. Guys are laying around a lot. I think we injure a lot of people. Not that that's what you want to do, but guys are getting up slow all the time. I just think we've got a really tough defense. You know what it is, Kurt? You know how people said this about the Seahawks for a few years where you play the Seahawks and win or lose, you feel it for like two weeks after? That's kind of what it feels like when teams play the Vikings. That's the same type of feeling. Well, it is like you know when Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, you know? Yeah, your days are numbered out there making a living like that, you know? And, you know, because he's always out of the pocket. And, And with this team, you know, um, with Barr, you know, and some of the speed that we do have, getting out on the edge behind the line of scrimmage like that, it's no wonder he got shoved to the ground and ended up on his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that was going to happen sooner or later with a really good defense. And there's been, and thank you, Kurt, there's been sort of two categories of performances against the Vikings defense. You get the really well put together offense or a really good quarterback, and and they don't embarrass themselves. You know, Matt Ryan didn't embarrass himself, and Cam Newton had the big run against the Vikings at the end. And, you know, you get the, hey, it was, a, it was a decent effort. You didn't embarrass yourself against the Vikings defense. But then if you bring in an Andy Dalton or something more chaotic or or disorganized, mm-hmm. that's when that's when this team can make you look like like a Division II college you, team. You have a nose tackle who is five to eight yards downfield punishing people. Who else does that? So, yes, the, the call's right. I mean, he's... They do a fa- they do a very good job of taking away your will to want to to play. I mean that that's the biggest thing. The Matt Ryan game to me was huge. You go into Atlanta against a pretty good team on a roll. You don't sack him once. He spends almost the entire game looking miserable. Yeah. That that to me, if you look at that game, that is the template for okay. If you don't get to to the QB, is that a big deal? And the answer is no. Because guys like Goff and Ryan, and you go down that list, Stafford uh, in Detroit, all looked like they would have rather been anywhere else by about halfway yeah. through that game. Uh, here's a gra- I, lo- I love doing the comparison game here. I found one for you. This is actually sp- this is spot on numbers wise. So the you remember the 2012 Jaguars with second year Blaine Gabbert, where he got benched in his second year. They were one right. and nine to start the year. Okay, and it was. He was he was the big hot commodity coming into the draft the year before. I remember the that, Christian yes. Ponder draft, and yep. 
And then halfway through that 2012 season, they realized we're going to have to go back to the drawing board here. He's a disaster. Uh, Blaine Gabbert had a 77.4 passer rating that season and completed about 59% of his passes. Mm Mm-hmm. The Vikings defense this season has allowed quarterbacks a 77 passer rating and 60% completions. The go. Vikings defense this year has turned every opposing quarterback on average into Blaine Gabbert. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Right there. That's incredible. Did I see a stat that that the Kendricks a touchdown was the first by the, the defense this year? Yes. That's remarkable. Yeah, they, they, haven't, they can, haven't been a big turnover. No, defense. they haven't. But if you consider the chaos... It is remarkable that that they hadn't, I don't know, picked up a fumble or something. You know, actually, or I, Rhodes got a picker. I would argue if you look at uh, just interception totals, because fumbling can be random sometimes yeah. and it's hard to pinpoint, but just if you look at the other top passing defenses, so Jaguars and Ravens and and the Vikings are in that group in terms of yards per play allowed and passer rating allowed, these defenses like Jacksonville, Baltimore have twice as many interceptions this year. And I don't know if that's partially just because, hey, they tipped, they've they tipped five extra passes and the ball fell their way. Right. I would argue the Vikings are almost due for a turnover spree at a really good time in the year. Oh, you're putting them on a turnover spree in but the they, they Can you believe they only have 12 interceptions in 14 well, games here's the despite one thing. terrorizing quarterbacks? Here's the one thing. Nobody throws at Rhodes. I would I would love to see. So now go, go back and take a look at, at the list of top receivers he's played against. I would love to see just attempts to throw to those guys. They, uh, well, they don't actually, try to throw at them. Somebody put a nugget out this morning. I should find this. Uh, it was they took they took the top receivers that he's faced this year. So Julio Jones, Antonio Brown. It's a it's a collection of four or five guys. So um, Odell Beckham. No, this no, not gone, this year. That was last year. So this might have gone back two years. That was last year because somebody took the top like five. It was basically the five best receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's only been thrown at like nine times in those games. So the, the the receptions that those guys do have are either against zone defenses or wow. uh, lined up against a Trey Waynes or somebody else. I think the only game that he uh, consistently got thrown at was in Detroit, and Stafford knew he was hurt. I think that's the only game where I said to myself, that's weird. Yeah. But they just don't throw. It's it's not that he breaks up passes. He's just off, you know, basically off by himself guarding a guy, and they they won't throw to him. Which is probably smart, but the problem is you can't. It ain't like the old days where you could just pick on one of their crappy uh, nickel cornerbacks. They just don't have guys is, like that. It is smart, but think about that. Think about the fact that this team has the has the luxury of having a cornerback who is so good in coverage that you don't throw. I mean, if you go back through through the list, the McCauleys and the Asher Allens and that long list of guys where you said what what just happened there? Yeah, and they were just getting picked apart. You now have a guy who essentially takes away. A, a receiver, and it's the best one ordinarily. Uh, Chris found this. Uh, Chris Hoff on, on Twitter sent this to us. He saw a stat a couple of years ago that something like 14 out of the last 15 Super Bowl winners had a higher-ranked defense than the opponent's defense they were playing. So if you just simplify it down to that, you get into a Super Bowl. Yep, my, who's got the highest-ranked defense? My defense is better than yours. Yeah. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's not even that shocking, but to see it 14 well, out of you 15 tell me times. This. If you had two weeks to, to prepare... What would you what would you say that you could definitively do to be if if at full strength to beat this team? I don't know that much. I mean, I can tell you right now, if I faced the Vikings offense and, and I had time to prepare, I know exactly what I, I would do. I would pressure Keenum. I would also beat up uh Thielen and Diggs at the line. I would hit them constantly. There are things that I could do that I could come up with there. But if you ask me, okay, beat the Vikings defense. 
I don't know I can do yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a path to holding the Vikings offense to 17 or 20 points or something. Mm-hmm. But there's not a clear path to scoring 24, 27, 30 points on a regular basis against the defense. I mean, so, running, passing? Yeah. In fact, well, let's, let's come back. The NFC continues to just... Yesterday, the Rams destroyed the Eagles, or the uh, the Seahawks. The Eagles went on the road uh, with Nick Foles, and he threw four touchdown passes. If you had a college football playoff-type selection committee, but you applied it to the NFL mm-hmm. over the last two and a half months or so, how would that committee rank the NFC team? So not record. Let's just look at the body of work since the Vikings went on their win streak and then eventually lost it to Carolina. Uh, we'll get to some stuff you should know about. Also, um, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com at 1130. Superstar Mike Morris. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh, come on. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Robert W. Baird and Company. Let's go to work. A bunch of young guns with a vision to be the top guns of the division. The fans the fans are on a roll to be the first team to host the Super Bowl. Behind the big D, surprise QB, Everson, Rudolph, Lindball, Xavier, the Hitman, Dix McKinnon, Thielen from Keenum. If they are better hands, we haven't seen them. Adam Thielen may be the feel-good story for the Vikings. Quarterback playing at a stud level. Case freaking Keenum. Case Keenum has been the man. They're going to hit him hard. Viking. Everson Griffin is having a career year. They're going to hit him hard. Viking. Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes. Linval Joseph. Now he's a low. Years of heartbreak disappointed us. Now the old line opens up Latavius. Who do you think you are? Took a big hit. That's Anthony Barr. Up and down the field, the purple crushing it. Making teams confused like they're trying to read Russian lit. Will it continue? It's up to fate. Jump on the bandwagon. The ride feels great. Latavius Murray feeling like a teenager. Caught by Rudolph for the touchdown. Thema takes it for the touchdown. And Latavius Murray breaks loose. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Vikings uh, bounce back from that loss at Carolina with a dominant win over the Bengals. We've been talking about it since 9 o'clock. And if you guys want to chime in at any point between now and 1 o'clock, we'll keep the vent lines open. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. If you put together an NFL playoff selection committee and you did weekly rankings mm-hmm. of of just the NFC, let's forget about the Patriots and the Steelers for a second, just the NFC, and you were to go, I know the Vikings started 2-2 two and two and they lost at home to Detroit when they were still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Let's just take it from week five, mm-hmm. and that's when the Vikings started their uh, eight-game win streak, so they are 9-1 and one over that stretch of 10 games. Mm-hmm. If you look at Every team in the NFC over that stretch, I can make a pretty strong case the Vikings would be the number the number one ranked team in the NFC with our playoff selection committee. So if you did this, you would sit down uh, with the committee and you would basically say, let's take everything that we know right now, which means Keenum's played a lot. He's the backup quarterback, but he's played a lot at this point. Philly lost their starting uh, QB. Now now Foles came in and played well and was good, but nonetheless, their starting QB is out. So if you take all these factors together, I would come out like this. Vikings 1, 
Saints two, Rams three, Eagles four. Wow, Eagles four now. Eagles, the Eagles. I've, I, the, yesterday, their offense let clicked me, yesterday. Let me tell you, it's not as much of an indictment of, of Philly as, as it is a nod to the fact that the Rams' offense is just really damn good, and the Saints have Drew Brees. And, and too, the Rams' loss here, which they, they scored, what, a touchdown and, and didn't look great in, I don't really hold that against them too much because the Vikings' defense is so good. But if you look at what the Rams have consistently done to teams offensively, it's impressive. So I'm not dropping the Eagles because I don't like them. I'm basically saying right now, if I was to sit down and seed this thing out just on on eye test and how teams are playing, I think Vikings, Saints, Rams are the top, top three for me in the NFC. It's so hard because I think any of those four teams can go to the Super Bowl. I really do. And I, I would I would frame it this way. So the Vikings' only loss over that stretch since week five was a road game against a 10-4 and team now that's going to go to the playoffs, that might win their division, that went to the Super Bowl two years ago, and they had two 60-yard plays essentially to to make the difference between the Vikings and the Panthers that day. So you could say there were some fluky, unrepeatable elements to that Vikings road loss against Carolina. A tough place to win anyways just because, you know, uh, all the things I just mentioned. Also over that stretch, the Vikings have made the Rams and the Falcons, both potential playoff teams, look as bad as they've looked all year. So I would put the Vikings number one as well. You and I match on that. Mm -hmm. The Eagles, they only have one loss over that stretch. It was at Seattle. Their defense looks increasingly more leaky. That's what I would say about them. They looked good offensively with Nick Foles. But they looked the defense did not look great on Sunday. The You're last right. three weeks, yes. the Eagles have given up an average of 30 points per game yep. at the wrong time. So that's something to keep an eye on when you're trying to figure out what the Eagles are here post-Carson Wentz. They've given up an average of 30 points in the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. They also gave up a ton of points to a Rams team that only scored seven against the Vikings. I get that you can't just play that game. You know, it's week-to-week no, matchups. Now, the Rams have three losses over that same stretch, all of them to viable teams. I believe the, it's Seahawks. They lost to the Eagles. And then I'm whoever else they lost to in that stretch. Um uh, Oh, and a decisive loss to the Vikings mm -hmm. was their other uh, their other loss, but they looked so good at Seattle yesterday. It's hard, it's hard not to look at that and say, "Wow, um, whatever adjustments they've made, you know, from their first loss at home to Seattle earlier in the year." Now the Saints since October fifth have two losses to the Rams and the Falcons, both teams the Vikings have defeated over that stretch. So these teams are all intertwined and in playing each other. So I would go Vikings. Eagles, Rams, Saints, but wouldn't be offended by really any order of those teams. It is so neck and neck with those four teams in the NFC right now. If I was sitting down doing this from from a, a partial eye test, though, the fact that, that you have Drew Brees is huge to me. The fact that you have Drew Brees, you have Brees, you have a run game now, which you didn't have, not like this previously, and a defense. The Saints, the Saints really intrigue me. As a playoff team, they really intrigue me. Now, here's my question. Is the NFC so good and so competitive that the playoff uh, structure is going to have those teams beat up on each other and the Patriots are going to get through and the Patriots will have played one really tough game but be fresh? Well, the Patriots might have to face the Jaguars, which that's that's one of the more compelling True. and unknown factors in the entire league right now. Because they are rolling, and they're playing better defense than any team in the league. 
and they bring ingredients that could really throw off the Patriots. Uh, and the Steelers do too. Those are those are just going to be difficult games either way. But I could see if the Patriots, you'd have to see how the bracket plays out, but if the Patriots wound up in a situation where they're facing Jaguars and Steelers in some order, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like it looks like it looks like it's going to be Jaguars as that third seed, in which case wouldn't they then play the Steelers leading into the AFC championship game if everything held serve? Yeah, right. So the, the right Patriots, now it's yeah, the Patriots, Patriots would wind up Jags, avoiding Chiefs. one of those teams. Yeah. But if the Patriots could get like Buffalo or somebody in the second round, right now the Titans and the Bills would be playoff teams in the AFC, and the Chargers and the Ravens would be on the outside. The Chargers and the Ravens would both give the Patriots a much better game because of Phillip Rivers and the Ravens' defense, and yes. the Ravens have beat the, the Patriots Ravens before, yep. than either Tennessee or Buffalo. Buffalo yes. They would walk over Tennessee that's or my, Buffalo that's in a playoff point. game. So, so basically, from the first round of the playoffs in this conference, it's going to be difficult. First round of that one might not be too tough. Oh, and by the way, the Packers probably aren't going to go to the playoffs. I'm not sure if you uh, saw them. Okay. I, the Packers lost, but, you know, I'm going to make up for it by having a great Italian beef sandwich. There you uh, go. Tonight. So um, at an establishment in Waukesha that I don't think I can mention. But I, I just want to say, Gary, you're right, because I'm a spoiled Packer fan. And a few weeks ago you said even Aaron Rodgers has bad games, and this was a bad game for – because we were all ragging on Brett Hundley, and you were like, hey, Rodgers has bad games, too. And, Gary, I have to say, you know, I don't know who I would have rather had in there today. I don't know, man. I, I just think this was a bad game for, for Aaron Rodgers. I think I think he's probably a little rusty. Go, Pat, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm... I'm You're Steve. On the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> go, Pat, go! You're going to have a corned beef sandwich because you're drunk and you need to eat something. Italian beef, Judd. Very different. Yeah, there's a big difference. Well, whatever it is. Italian beef. It's because he's had too many Miller Lights. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong with that, but that's what he had. Fine establishment in Waukesha. I don't yeah, think I, I don't think there. I can mention it. Go ahead, mention it. Just Wait, what, did, it what did he mean by that? Is he going to like a like an underground massage no. parlor for his Italian beef did, sandwich? He didn't want to. He didn't want to bring up the the uh, product because he, he meant didn't know. he meant Arby's. Yeah, you can mention it. It's yeah, okay. I was going to say it's oh, there's an deal. Arby's in Waukesha that serves Italian beef or a mom pa place. That's fantastic. <laughs> What's coming up in stuff next, Dave? Uh, some more fallout from the Packer game, from other NFL stuff. Nebraska taking it a little too far on the basketball court, and oh, we've got a locker room schism in the NFL, wow. boys. We've got a schism. We got to get to. Wow. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on finally, finally on fifteen hundred ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. 
This is that kind of stuff. I'll check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, David Harrigan, what type of stuff do you got on this Monday? Let's talk about the Packers losing to the Panthers in Carolina. One of my favorite highlights of the year. I know you hate him. I know you don't like Cam Newton, Phil, but you had to appreciate him looking over the line of scrimmage as they're nearing the goal line, kind of in the direction of Clay Matthews and saying out loud so the TV cameras could hear it. Oh, so you watch film, huh? That's nice. Watch this. Snap. Touchdown. So Clay Matthews was calling out the wheel route and... Cam Newton, instead of checking out of the wheel route, just they just ran the wheel route for a touchdown. It's I think that's basically yeah. what happened. There's a little uh, pass to Christian McCaffrey wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, Cam had a good game. In fact, the throw in the back of the end zone, the controversial play that got tipped yes. up in the air. Did I see that right, too, that Greg Olson was mad at his own sideline? Is that what that... There's a there's video of Greg Olson yelling at his own sideline, hey, he bobbled it. This is like, I saw it. He bobbled it. Don't, Don't do challenge. It. <laughs> And he bobbled it, but he actually pulled the ball in in the back of the end. It was a different play than the uh, the one Dave's so describing. So it was, it was a, a great throw by Cam Newton. Yes. And a catch. Yes. Wow, that's a miracle in, in, in this league now to have a catch. Which we will get to that uh, later on. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Who's this? Well, I need to send a message out to everybody in the beautiful state of North Carolina. Um, I will be the best NFL owner that you can imagine. Oh. Okay, someone looking to take over for the creepy Jerry Richardson, and I saw, I saw this last yes, night. Jerry Richardson, sexual harassment yeah. allegations, racism, one more time. Oh. Well, I need to send a message out to everybody in the beautiful state of North Carolina. Um, I will be the best NFL owner that you can imagine. Come on, Phil. Think, see, think back to your TRL days. Yeah, I saw this, too, and I can't remember now who it is. Wow, TRL Steph days. Steph Curry huh? wants in, I know. But, Steph Curry wants in. But I can't remember who he wanted wants to join him. He wants to join him. this guy, this I'm, mogul. I'm trying to think of the TRL days of the uh, late 90s here. Limp Bizkit keeps coming to mind, but that did not sound like Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stumped. Sean Diddy oh, Combs. That's a, Really? That's a, yes. Well, as long as he doesn't allegedly... Ask female employees if you can shave their legs, which is apparently what the uh, Panthers owner, among among other yeah, things. Yeah, the whole thing's very bizarre. Yeah. And now the best moment of the Sunday in the NFL. Uh-oh. Look at this. Look at this. Uh-oh. A link short. Look at this. Can he put Can he put a card in between it? Look at you. <laughs> he can barely contain himself. He's saying that piece of paper hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I have never seen no, that before. Ever. Thoughts on Gene Steratore pulling out the note card to find out if mm. there is room between the ball and the, the chain deal. Mm. Um, I'm going to answer that with an article from Bioscholar.com, gentlemen. Ooh, that's very science sounding. Yep. NASA finds another solar system with eight planets just like ours. The discovery of an eighth planet circling the distant star Kepler-90 by the University of Texas at uh, Austin astronomer Andrew Vandenberg and Google's Christopher Shalhoub overturns our solar system status as having the highest number of known planets. We're now in a tie. We have discovered another set of planets. It's hockey. Yet a $13 billion sports industry yeah, no, has, no cards. has chain link down markers yep. and can't figure out 
how to place the football in the proper spot without using a card between the football and the chain link which uh, he just measurement system. Made that up because he didn't know what else to do. Yes, you oh, are the correct. technology's not there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. No electronic strike zones. We use <laughs> we use note cards to try and figure out if it's a first down or not, and it's only 2017. Couldn't okay? he have angled that note card any way he needed to? Like, why <laughs> why why do we need to be doing that? Is my question. I. There's got to be another way. Out? And then not only that, but where they spot the ball is one of the most unquestioned, inexact sciences in sports. Where coaches are getting fired close games late in the third fourth quarter playoff games super bowls cuz they don't want to spend the, the official money on thinks the ball should be here and then we're going to run the chain crew out uh-huh. and we think that it should be measured from this spot and uh-huh. then let's just not question and that and then we're going to take a note card from our back pocket and right. just make absolutely yeah. sure that's a first well, down you might want to look into that <laughs> just saying i think the technology is there i think you guys have nailed it football schism time Seattle Seahawks, they got whooped up by the Rams yesterday. Earl Thomas in the locker room after the game, speaking specifically about all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner. How much did all the injuries catch up you today or the team that went after that? Uh, I don't, to be totally honest, I think the guys that play, you know, you got to give your heads off to, you know, Wags and you know, a couple of guys that play. But, you know, my, my personal opinion, I think all the they should have played. You know the backups, what it did. You know, just as just as good. But uh, what? You know the injuries. You yeah. know, Cam, Sherm, KJ. It definitely definitely hurt today. How limited do you think Bobby was? Just from your observation. I, I have no clue. Uh, but you know, you normally see Wags. You know, attack running from side sideline to sideline, and uh, he he just couldn't he couldn't do it today. Says Bobby Wagner should not have played in the game. Meanwhile, Bobby Wagner obviously saw or heard this. Yep. Shoots out on Twitter before deleting the tweet, but thankfully it lives on. E, keep my name out your mouth. Stop being jealous of other people's success. I still hope you keep balling, bro. See, okay, I thought it's 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 a, it's a great feud. I thought he meant that Bobby Wagner should not have been playing like at all up to this point either. That the backups were better than Bobby oh, Wagner, no, no, which no, would have made it that. even juicier. But it's yes. still juicy. This is fantastic, though. This is fantastic, and I love I love the fact that the Thomas gets upset post game game when things are you know hot and that, and then. That he comes back though with a tweet. That's mm-hmm. the best part because now you can go back to Earl, be like, Earl, did you see that tweet? And now you got something. You love it's the your, response. Your inner beat writer. Comes I, love out so hardcore. <laughs> I love the schism. I love the schism. Hey, schism. Did, you hear what, did, you, did you hear what Pat Williams said offense about you? Offense against defense. Antoine Winfield was the go-to guy when the defense was playing. Well, Antoine Winfield was the go-to guy when the defense was playing well, and the offense was struggling. Antoine Winfield was the go-to guy when the defense was playing well, and the offense was struggling. Antoine, what what do you think's wrong? Are you the reason I, why there was a schism in the Vikings locker room? I have nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with that one. In fact, there, that that was BS. That was made. That was a quarterback. That was schism. made up. Was yes. it pre pre Favre? Yes, that was supposed. Supposedly, people like Tavares and didn't want Brett. Yeah, sure, right. They didn't want Brett. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, were TJ's parents uh, equipment uh, exactly people in the locker room? <laughs> that was they wanted up. Brett. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nebraska basketball. They took on Kansas on Saturday, and Nebraska decided to have a little fun with their media guy that they. Put out for all those covering the game. Uh, they have the uh, section where they have the nice five, starting five for Kansas. And instead of the Jayhawks, they refer to them as Meet the Birdies. Ha! Isn't that funny? 
but then we decided to perhaps cross the line, as some people are saying. Oh, boy. A little uh, description for all of the starters. First, you have Devante Graham, and under his name and uh, photo, who still orders off the kids' menu at restaurants. Wow. Wow. Sviatoslav <laughs> Mikhailyuk. The only person in college basketball with a name harder pronounce, harder to pronounce than Thorer Thorbjarnson. He plays for Nebraska, so it's kind of a joke oh, okay. there. Okay, got it. Okay. Udoka Azubioki, one of only a dozen passionate Kansas football fans. Wow, that's pretty funny. That's good stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the final two, LeGerald Vick. Michael Vick's cousin slash dog breeder. Oh, wow. That's not that's not right. necessary right there. <laughs> and Malik Newman, the guy who tried to save Mississippi State's program before getting the coach fired and transferring. Wow. <laughs> really? Yes. Who decided those last two were good ideas? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like they're it was, incredible. It was all sort of funny until then, and then it was just got really mean spirited. It's incredible. I love the troll job. That's uh that's <laughs> Thoughts on the Lakers not being able to pick one and deciding to retire both 8 and 24 tonight? Did the Bulls retire 45, or did they leave that one alone? I don't believe I they did. I don't believe they did. Now, but, he only played with four, but, for like a yes. half season with 45. ESPN last week showed the split in stats. They're incredibly equal, and I think that's why. His stats his stats with both were about the same. And three titles with one, two titles with yes, the other. They, everything was, was really close, and I think that's why they, they said that we're going to do both. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it, but that's why I think it's they a cop it. out. Just pick one and go with it. I mean, he did. He was. Yeah. You could isolate his resume with both, and then apply it to different franchises. If, if if there was a Wolves player, now imagine this: that won two championships, what, and had scoring titles and scored 80 points in a game <laughs> with the number 24. You'd retire it. Mm-hmm. Just like if there were a, I don't know, like a Cavs player that had three championships with the, the number eight and a scoring title, you'd retire both. So I'm fine with them retiring both. You could just retire whatever it is. Retire eight, and then some guy, some kid comes in five years from now and says, I'd like to wear 24, and you just look at him and say, come on. Yeah, come on, that's a really why, bad idea. Why do you guys care that they're retiring both numbers? I Make pr- a decision, people. Like Let's go. No, 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 no. Here, here's my problem. I, I'm all for it. I'm all for honoring your great players. Where it gets to be a little bit much to me, though, is when you've you've got so many retired that guys now are wearing 97 and 88 and 83. Well, so that, I mean, that's I'm getting just a not, little silly. It's basketball. There's 15 numbers. Right, that's the thing. I'm just not a fan how, of retiring how many, how many, a ton of numbers. What do the Lakers have? Ten? Do they have 10 retired numbers? Somewhere there? I bet they've got at least 10 retired. So they don't have to worry like, about it find that. until they have 80 retired numbers. All I'm saying so is like I'm Dave said, there's 15 I'm guys on the pick roster. One. Pick one. I think you should pick, pick one. one. I'm not outraged, but just, but just it's pick not one. Fake and, you know, I don't care that if much. If someone wants to be 24, just, I'll find a Lakers retired numbers. You're going with the they might run out of numbers, bitch. <laughs> they've got a lot of retired numbers. <laughs> Judd's concerned about the year 45-17. I don't like it when you get too many numbers. They can go to triple digits if they need to at some point. You know, Number 127. That's like Fletch, right? Didn't Fletch wear like a... Did he wear triple digit number? I thought he did, yes. Um, I'll find it. We can unveil another song by the U-Log when we come back. Courtney Cronin, Vikings insider from ESPN.com at 1130. Uh, Football observations, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. A lot of people consider that the second greatest radio team in Minnesota history. Mackey and Judd. Behind <laughs> Joe and Pat. <laughs> <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN. Visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul, and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled ice skating rink 
in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week and located in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. And that's going to do it for Case Keenum. Teddy Bridgewater is back. Bridgewater, flip it, a little high, and intercepted. Sean Williams with the pick. It deflected off the hands of McKinnon, who is five foot nine, and that's going to go on Bridgewater's ledger. Seriously, just what? Just a precision throw over the middle, a calm, poised throw over the middle. Jarek McKinnon can't bail him. The out. crowd went from <laughs> from enthusiastic and and overjoyed to yeah. just a din. Uh, There's just a din once he throws that. Yeah, pick. he looked like he saw nine ghosts when he dropped back to pass. So he'll have to he'll have to work on that. But I was thinking, as that moment was taking place. The Case Keenum has been so good and so dominant out of nowhere for the Vikings. And you're up 34-0, and you're literally like resting Case Keenum, your star starting quarterback now, to get Teddy Bridgewater in the game. Every time the Vikings have popped up the last 20 years, if you were to explain 18 months earlier what's about to happen, hey, guess what? Let's say you go back to uh, the end of 2007. You say, all right, you're not going to believe this, but in two years from now, in like 18 months. So Brett Favre is going to finagle his way out of Green Bay. He's going to go to the Jets for a while. And then he's going to retire nine times and eventually land in purple, where the Brett Favre-led Vikings are going to destroy the Packers a couple times, win the division, Mm -hmm. and then be playing deep in the playoffs. And you'd be like, what? That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 1998. Let's go 18 months before that. So remember Randall Cunningham? Yeah, he's totally been a non-factor for several years. Uh, He's going to be like an MVP the entire season. And there's a wide receiver from Marshall that you've probably never heard of, but he will be one of the greatest of all time. This is going to happen in and like 18 fall. months. He'll fall to the 21st yeah. pick in the draft, you, by the way. A year and a half ago, or even when you watch Case Keenum a year ago with the Rams, you say, all right, you're not going to believe this, but the Vikings are going to be 13-3 and three yep. and entering the playoffs with a full head of steam, and Case Keenum will be an MVP candidate mm-hmm. for that team. Mm-hmm. Just buckle up for it. You'd be like, what? But, <laughs> doesn't but, make any sense. The but, funny thing is then you tell that same story. Oh, and by the way, here's how that season's going to end. Yeah. And that same Viking fan says, oh, okay. oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. totally get it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pastor Rice gets picked <laughs> off. Yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah, you miss a 38-yarder for a guy who's never missed a kick. Totally yeah. by it. Yep, yep. But where the Vikings, I, I think, get a lot of credit on this one is, is the thing that they didn't do last year, proper preparation. When you look at the fact that they that they went out and nice got work on the peas, thank proper you, preparation. proper preparation. But you think about <laughs> it. Last year, how nuts did it drive you that you thought to yourself, "I remember I got down to camp and I watched the first practice in 2016, and I'm watching Teddy, and I think to myself, if Teddy gets hurt, and I'm not thinking blows his leg up, I'm thinking if Teddy gets hurt, Sean Hill's your quarterback. This seems like a really bad idea." Like, couldn't there be something? Couldn't there be somebody? I'm not saying you got to get a second starter, but if Teddy gets hurt, it'd sure be nice to have somebody who could come in and play. Like Sean Hill. Sean Hill started against the Titans in week one last year. Got a win. And ended up on the injury report, though. I mean, yeah, he was basically he threw the ball twenty times and had like a torn UCL. And I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember any play in that game where I said, Oh my gosh, I think he's he's hurt too. So this time around, I think the really, really smart thing was at least you went out and gave yourself a chance. 
Because you said, okay, Bradford's good or was good, but he's been hurt. So you said, where can we at least sign a viable quarterback? Yeah. But each time leading up to 98-09 in this season, each time leading up, 18 to 24 months beforehand, you wouldn't have been able to even come within the realm of predicting it. Hey, Randall Cunningham, you'd be like, what? I thought he was retired. Yeah. What? And Randy Moss could be that good. Case Keenum, you'd be like, the Case Keenum I've been watching for the last three or four years? This one, yeah. It'll be fun to try and predict the next thing because, you know, in nine years, it'll be some other thing that pops up. It'll be... uh, It'll be like Blaine Gabbert is still floating around as a clipboard holder or something, and now he's your franchise. Or our, Aaron Rodgers at age 43 will be the guy. What, what was our question months ago? So, something along the lines of if Case Keenum has to play two or more games, how, how much trouble are the Vikings in? How screwed are the Vikings yeah. in? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the responses were screwed, super screwed, really screwed, <laughs> super, super duper, duper screwed. screwed. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, old takes exposed on Twitter. Definitely retweeted that like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's all. As that. as he should have. Oh, did we? Yeah, really? freezing okay, cold good. takes. Follow yeah, that that's one. Hundred percent right. We deserve it. Um, let's do football observations when we come back, and then uh, Courtney Cronin, Vikings insider from ESPN.com, will join us around eleven thirty. But first, it's songs by the Ulog season. This is volume three, songs by the Ulog, track number five. I hope you all enjoy. Getting the ball to Maya was the thing to say If you knew where the Lynx were going to play Target Center was closed all summer long So that they could renovate The season at the X was mostly nice and warm But you were booted for the playoffs to the barn. Still getting the ball to Maya was the right way to make title dreams come true. Tie game, 1.7 to go on the court. Wailing to trigger it. Gets it to Moore. Moore will get it off. The shot is gone. Game three belongs to Maya Moore and Minnesota. The season at the X was mostly nice and warm, but you were booted for the playoffs to the barn. Still getting the ball to Maya was the right way to make title dreams come true. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 